All right. We're ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. Hello, and welcome to the Principles for Principles podcast. We are excited to bring our listeners a podcast that supports district and school leaders. Our goal is to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership around relevant topics. Whether you are an experienced or novice leader, this podcast is for you. Today's conversation will explore ideas, tips, and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. As always, we are your hosts, Julia Breedy, Aaron Dare, and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education. And today we'll, we will be talking with SDCOE's very own coordinator of school counseling, Tanya Bulette. Prior to joining our team at the county, Tanya worked in one of our local high school districts and brings a wealth of knowledge and experience about supporting students across multiple domains, including recognition of how different how different times of the year uh, may trigger different needs for students. So today, Tanya is here to talk to us about what we can do in our schools to support students during the upcoming holiday season. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for being a guest on Principles for Principles. We are excited to have you on our show today. As you know, we asked you to join us today to talk about navigating the holidays at our school sites. So let's start with our first question, Tanya. As a school counselor, how might you work with admin and school staff to support students during the holidays? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation to be here today. I appreciate that. Um, I think one of the, the key things to really work with your administration and your school staff is to um, remind everyone that the holidays don't always bring uh, joy to some of our students and families, and it could cause triggers or, um, you know, trauma of family members who are missed or those who coming into the season um, will not be there with their students and with their, with their kids. And so I think it's a good reminder um, just to make sure that that's brought to the attention of everyone, because sometimes we can forget that and we could miss signs of someone who might be struggling. Um, and so a way that you might be able to work through that um, and a way that was really helpful for us, well, one, when we knew what needs were out there, uh, school counselors can provide all kinds of SEL lessons in, in classrooms um, and support our teachers in the need um, that is prevalent. And so that's one way. But another way that we found, and again, I, I want to stress too, it's not just our students, but our staff also is, is a is someone that is a, is a group that we need to make sure we are including in this as well. And so one way that our school, when, uh, before I came to the county, addressed this, and it was, it met a lot of need, is that we held a big toy drive. Um, and I, I start with the toy drive, but it, it, it really leveraged into other areas as well. And it was started by one of our classified staff members who, um, she was just loved Christmas. And she had a big joy for ensuring that students and kids in our community um, receive support. And so she started this toy drive just to get people involved. Well, when she retired, uh, she tasked me with, hey, can you make sure to keep this going? Uh, It really meant a lot to me. So, of course, of course. Well, four months after she retired, she passed away unexpectedly. And it really hit not just um our our whole school community but this was before we were coming upon um, the anniversary of putting together the toy drive and there were a lot of mixed feelings 
Um, and how do we as a staff do this and do this right? And so in doing so, we actually changed it into Tony's Toys because her name was Tony Gutierrez. And by doing that, it changed the entire vibe of the entire um, event. And not only were we receiving toys from friends and families in the community and people who had retired, but people were doing it in honor to recognize her, but also to support the growing needs that we had in our community. And so in doing that, we also received lots of monetary donations. And those monetary donations, um, we started to put into gift cards. And those gift cards then became how we were able to support students who might have had a greater need um, that we could uh, give them a small token um, to show that, you know, we cared. And, and so that was just one way that we as a community could come together as a staff to, one, remember her, but also remember the bigger picture as to why she did um, this amazing event, which today I'm, I'm glad to say is still happening. Thank you, Tanya. You know, um, I'm sure there are many other events that you could probably give us examples of. And, and it's great to hear um, how you in a, in a school setting, how you can kind of support your students and staff during the holidays. Um, but we know that sometimes it goes beyond just what's, you know, events like that. So what recommendations do you have regarding accessing community partnerships for wraparound services and support for the holidays? We know that it's a it's a great need, as you were mentioning early on in your conversation. So those wraparound services don't go away and they don't um, change, but it's important to have those relationships with them. And it's important to really look and see who in your community um, is supporting you, like San Diego Youth Services, Mendy Matters, even your local churches offer supports for families. And it's it's tapping into them, but also School counselors have the ability and the relationships with students to know when to refer out. Um, of course, as school counselors, we don't provide those therapeutic services, but we know what's happening with our with our families. And so being and, and really accessing those relationships with those wraparound services and bringing those needs to their attention is critical. Um, so th- there's no like special timing or special changes that occur, but it's making sure that we are utilizing them and letting those partnerships have um, the right information to know how to address a student's trauma or to just be a partner with them and have a possible sharing agreement so that they know we are all working together. So would you say um, if you were uh, in a school setting or even a parent, like how would you what would be the step that you would take to to kind of get to some of these services that you were talking about? So the first step often comes from, and it could come from another student, another friend, um, just coming and sharing with another edu- you know, another teacher or a staff member that you know there's there's something happening, there's a struggle, and if you reach out to the school counselor, they have the resources and the ability, and often the relationship with the student to then talk to them in a confidential way and to, you know, support them through that and to find the right avenue or the right fit for that service to follow up. And it may be um, a service that we can provide ourselves as school counselors. We, we know our limits and we know where we need to refer out 
So um, definitely going to the school counseling office to start to take that first step can be daunting, can be hard. um, But most schools, it's an inviting environment. And I think it offers, um, you know, the ability if it's if it's if it's a trusting environment, our families will come and show up. But it's making sure that they know that that resource is available. Tony, that's helpful. And one of the things I appreciate is the idea that the, the community partnerships and the services are, are not just available at the holidays. Uh, maybe the, the recognition of the need for them is a little more front and center during the holidays as we see um, kids and families and staff um, sometimes struggle with different different parts of the season. Um, but but that relationship building and that maintaining that connection throughout the year is, seems like such an important part, too. So thanks for, for that reminder. Um, You've, you've given us a really powerful example with the Tony's toys of the way a school community kind of can rally together mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and create, you know, a, a real positive energy around this time of season. Wondering if you have an, an example of an experience and obviously without violating any confidentiality, but an experience you've had with supporting a student or students who might have been dealing with some challenges or trauma that can be amplified by the holiday season and you know, some of the specific things you did to to support students in that situation that, uh, that we might learn from. Yeah, so I touched on the gift cards and I want to go back to that because there was a huge impact that that it grew into in, in supporting not just one student, but many. Um, Again, like I said, it started out just by being donations that came in. And then Tony would come over and say, I've got this, these extra gift cards and, and talking with each counselor, who could we maybe give these to? Um, and then we as counselors would give it to the student because then we wouldn't share the situation, um, with Tony, but we let her know that this is why. And then she said, okay, if you could make sure to confidentially give them this gift on behalf of the staff at Bahala, um, we would love for that to go there. Well, that grew. And that idea, that concept, instead of just having whatever was left over, we found that the following year when she wasn't there, we wanted to keep that idea going. And we knew we had a bigger need than ever as more families were coming forward or, or their friends were sharing with us um, some of the challenges and difficulties that they were experiencing And so we started to um, put together, we had an anonymous box where students could nominate their friend, not nominate, but, but let us know that they were struggling um, and that they would really um, benefit from a little something extra. And then we had all of these people donating money from students to parents, to community members, people who had retired. We at one point had over $2,500 donated just to impact the students at our school. And it got to be such a wonderful um, and inspiring moment because not only did that happen from the community, but our classes were raising money. They were bringing in donations, $5, $10, and they knew where it was going and that was going back into the students, the family that they all loved. And the impact that I saw as a counselor being able to and again, in a confidential setting, knowing what the student was going through, for instance, one student, she was kind of like the mom and she was taking care of her siblings. She was often very late to school, um, but we knew and our teachers knew that this, the reasons why and we supported her in that. Well, when we gave her 
a couple of gift cards, one for gas, um, another for food. So their family could have um, food on the table. And then we gave her a little extra something to spend at a, a trendy fashion store for her to get something for herself. It, it not only made, um, you know, her emotional, but it made all of us just, uh, it just filled the void of being able to just do something small. But we knew that that impact would be with her and her family for a lifetime. And that was all because of what, um, one, the memory of the, the 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 reason why we were doing it, how it had started, but also because it was supporting our own families. And there, that's just one story of many. And we would never have known about them if we didn't have students letting us know um, or providing a place where they could confidentially tell us um, what was happening in some of their lives. Because we knew some stories, but we didn't know them all. So that continues to grow. Um, and it works both ways, those that are donating and those that are receiving. That's really a nice, nice example. And I think at the core of that, um, maybe, as you just mentioned, <clears throat> more important than the gift cards themselves is that the, yeah. the connection and the safe ability to, um, to, to share the information in a way that helps you to, to be positioned to try to do something responsive to that. So that's, that's a, a, a good reminder as well. Thank you. Yeah, Jeff, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Tanya, thanks so much with just the specifics on how, all students were included um, in, in making just something so amazing for students, where students' voice was was heard, and just that small acts of kindness really mattered during this this time that perhaps students were struggling for whatever reasons. I just can imagine how that sense of community really supported students who were able to give and students who were also on the receiving end. Thanks so much for that. Just very human human talk. Thank you. So, um, as always, at the end of each of our podcast settings, we like to do a, a have a bit of fun and end with a rapid fire round where we just ask some fun questions to get to know about you. So, here's your first question: What is the best prize you have ever won? Well, uh, <laughs> this year um, I was on the Prices Right and. It was an amazing day because not only did I get on stage and I won a car and I won the showcase showdown, which included a boat and a trip. Um, and it was really just uh, an amazing day. So if, say the best thing I won is probably the car because I'm driving that around as I speak. That's amazing. Plus, it also That's gives awesome. me you know, opportunity to say, I know someone who won a car on the price is right. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, people are just, when I tell that, they're like, what? That's crazy. They just don't yeah. think it's true that you could you actually have, be there. Do you have that little license plate holder that says I won this car on the price is right? I do. I don't have it on my car, but I do. It's a moment. <laughs> All right. Next rapid fire question. Your favorite comfort food. Oh, um, nothing bunt cake and that cream oh. cheese frosting. And I'm just grateful that it's at a storefront and I don't have immediate access to it. Um, and it's a, quite a drive to get there, but that is my absolute comfort food. Oh, they are delicious. Yeah. I agree. I'm All right. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so red velvet or the lemon or any of them? Oh, any of them. Any of them. I They're mean, I, red velvet though is, Ooh, and the yeah. white chocolate. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. I know. Now, now I'm getting 
I'm gaining, <laughs> I'm gaining weight as I talk. <laughs> All right. Our last question for the day is a song that perks you up and makes you want to stand up and dance. Well, I love to dance and it, it could be any song, but one that just gets me fired up is probably Tina Turner's Rolling Down the River. There's something about the way that that, show, that song starts and then it just goes. And so that one just gets me pumped up and ready I've to go. I've so much about you today, Tanya. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can subscribe on our Today's Informed Principle tip sheet using the link in the podcast show notes. If you have feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at San Diego underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more leadership tips. Thanks for listening.